Hello and welcome into NCBI's Technology Podcast. My name is Stuart Lawler and this is episode number 67 for Christmas 2017. Happy Christmas. So we have Christmas music, we have, um, you know, decorations starting to go up all around the place, Christmas ads everywhere, and sitting beside me in this studio is a hot mug of Lemsip, because I've got a cold, I've got man flu, and I hope my voice is going to hold out for the next 58 or so minutes, because that's how long we're with you. Welcome into our podcast, thank you for downloading and subscribing to our monthly technology program, and if you want to get in touch with us, send an email to technologypodcast at ncbi.ie, or of course, you can call our comment line on 01 Well, whatever you're doing, wherever you may be listening, whatever plans you're making for Christmas, I do hope they're going to go well, and I hope you have a very well-deserved and relaxing break and a happy and peaceful time with families, friends, and loved ones. Now, coming up over the next 58 or so minutes, or 57 by the time my music stops, uh, Sharon Lines is along with shortcuts, Google Docs, and a recipe. Tina Pollock is along to tell us what she likes and maybe does not like for low vision users in iOS 11. And we hear an excerpt from a presentation given by Hector Minto at the recently held Freedom Tech Assistive Technology Conference in Dublin. And amongst that, some lovely Christmas surprises from some of my wonderful colleagues in NCBI. And I'm saying no more about that, okay? That's all coming up on this month's edition of NCBI's Technology Podcast. Just a quick reminder that NCBI offices will be closed from lunchtime on the 22nd of December and will reopen at 9am on Tuesday, the 2nd of January, 2018. Well, you are very welcome into our Christmas uh, 2017 edition. I can't believe it is Christmas already, but there you go. Uh, As you've just heard, great excitement coming up in our podcast this month. We're keeping it kind of light and we're even including a little bit of cookery because I'm delighted to start us off with Sharon Lyons of Sharon's Shortcuts, who joins us on Skype from her home in Clane. Sharon, welcome back and happy Christmas. Hi, Stuart. Happy Christmas to you. Happy Christmas, everyone. I love this time of year, don't you? You know, I, I really do. And I, I think I say it every year. And I think you and I said it last year. I'm exhausted. And it would be a very long winter had we not had Christmas, Sharon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We always have to celebrate. We, we'll be halfway through the darkness next week. <laughs> That's right. Because 21st of December, as we're recording, we're in kind of approaching middle of December, 21st of December, not too far away. Um, yeah. Christmas is, I, I know you love it, and we talked about this before, but um, what people may not know about you, as well as being a computer guru and shortcuts queen, you're a bit of a cook, Sharon. Um, oh, well, I'm not sure if I'd say that. I can uh, I, I can turn my hand to a few things. Uh, I'm not sure if I'd call myself a cook. <laughs> okay. Well, I know. I mean, but, uh, so we, we had, um, gosh, remember when I was in boarding school a long, long time ago, one of the things used to be beetroot. <laughs> I hated beetroot. I just never liked it. And you had to eat beetroot. And then Sharon made these beetroot brownies a couple of years ago. And uh, <laughs> it was gorgeous. It was really nice. But one of You're the You're addicted things, to those, aren't you? <laughs> I'm addicted to them. There's lovely chocolate in them. I want to give them a shout out. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we talked about when Sharon and I were planning this little slot I said Sharon can you do a recipe and she was saying what do you mean a recipe I said just a Christmas recipe just something completely different get away from shortcuts for a few minutes so I believe you have one Sharon 
I do indeed. I do. Um, when it comes to Christmas, I'm actually not a huge fan of the big meal, you know, the big roast turkey and all the trimmings and everything. I My favourite meal at Christmas is actually... You know, the evening when you kind of have leftover turkey and coleslaw mm. and pickled onions. <laughs> All the bits and you're kind those. of half asleep, but still trying to eat something. Yes. <laughs> You know all the all the nice little bits and um, and in particular I love um, you know the crackers and cheese and grapes and and that kind of thing and I'm a massive fan of butter real butter <laughs> which apparently now according to something I read recently and someone else was saying this to me recently is better for you than the the other I don't know what would you call it low fat stuff. Yeah, the kind of margarine stuff spreads. Yeah, yeah, supposedly, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it's because it's natural, you know. There's mm. not a lot goes into it. And, um, you know, you can't go wrong with that, really. No, I'm a big fan of butter. But as you know, uh, like, well, the only thing with butter is that it's it's quite got quite a lot of saturated fat in it. But uh, in moderation, you know. Um, but I'm also, you know, I'm also, I also try to eat healthy. Um, so my recipe is um, flavoured butters oh, wow. that you add to your vegetables. Okay, so <laughs> so there's a few different ones, um, and they're actually from Jamie Oliver. I got this idea. I didn't come up with this, um, but I'll I'll give you one example. Okay, for example, carrots. Are you a fan of carrots? I do love carrots, Sharon. I do love a few oh, carrots well, with my Christmas dinner. Well, how about carrots with thyme, cumin and orange butter in them? Well, <laughs> sounds lovely. I have to say it sounds really nice. So basically what you do is you um, you get a small bunch of thyme, fresh thyme and a small pinch of cumin seeds. Is that how you say it? Cumin, cumin, cumin. I think so. I've never anyway. heard of it before, so I'm not sure. It's, it's, it's one of my favourite spices, uh, cumin. If you if you smell cumin, it would remind you probably of curries and, um, gosh, what's that Mexican thing? Tacos. Okay. That, that kind of sauce. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we've got a small bunch of thyme, a pinch of cumin seeds, um, zest of one orange you know when you kind of grate off the peel of an orange and 250 grams of butter softened and what you do is you put it all in a food processor and you whiz it all together and then you get some greaseproof paper and you put the butter mixture onto the greaseproof paper and kind of wrap it and make it into like a christmas cracker so you end up with a bit of a log of butter. And um, and then what you can do is you can just, you can put it in the freezer. You can make it well ahead and put it in the freezer and, and or put it in the fridge if you're going to use it soon. And then you can basically slice off, like just do a slice off of that roll of butter and put it into your carrots before you serve them. So and it's delicious. I, I can imagine this perfect for Christmas Day. You're serving up the carrots and veg in the middle of the table and there's the butter. And uh, as you adds lovely flavour to it, I suppose. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. And there's a few others as well. There's like a kind of 
um, bacon, sage and chestnut butter for Brussels sprouts. There's parsley, garlic and lemon butter for sugar snap peas, you know, those kind of almonds oh, too. Them. And then yeah. what's the other one? Anchovy and rosemary butter that goes with uh, broccoli, apparently. So. <laughs> Very nice. Well, listen, uh, sounds like there'll be some nice butters served in your house on Christmas Day, Sharon. <laughs> and uh, hopefully some of our listeners might try out your recipe. And if you had success with your butter, technology podcast at ncbi.ie or call our comment line on 018821930 and let Sharon and myself know how you got on. Um, now, if, over the last couple of months, we've been talking about cloud services, cloud storage, um, this idea of kind of not having to be at a particular PC to be able to log into your data wherever you are. And of course, Mm -hmm. I suppose Google are the people who've been doing this the longest time. Apple are doing it now. Microsoft are doing it. Uh, Dropbox, loads of people are on this gig. Um, But you've been exploring with us the Google suite of services, Google Calendar, Google Drive, and um, Google Mail, of course, we looked at before. And now we're looking at Google Docs, which I always think of Google Docs. Is it like Microsoft Word? Oh, it's very similar, actually. Yeah, but it's online. So it's like a, an online Microsoft Word, almost, for free. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I have a, a PC up and running here with JAWS, hopefully. Shall I uh, see if JAWS wants to speak to us? Let's see if JAWS wants to talk. To. My drive dash Google Drive dash Google Chrome. My drive dash Google Drive dash Google Chrome. Can you hear that okay? Absolutely. Yep. Oh, and we're on Google Drive. Do you remember we did that a couple of months ago? Um, so drive.google.com. I'm signed into my Google account and... Um, and I'm on my list of files here. Online collaboration Google Drive folder owned by me last modified. And there's a few different ways that you can use Google Docs. Um, you can go straight to Google Docs. I think it's docs.google.com. But I don't really like the start page in the Google Docs. Um, I find it a bit difficult to navigate around without the mouse. So um, I tend to go from Google Drive. Um, and do you remember that um, in Google Mail, to get a new, to compose a new message, you press C. Yeah. And in Google Calendar, <laughs> to create a new event, you press C. So uh, guess what you press in Google Drive to get a new document? <laughs> Hardly C, is it? It is C. My yeah. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, actually, C is... Um, C is a like a menu for kind of uploading to the drive or creating a new document. So I'm going to press C here. C, new button menu, press space to activate the menu, then navigate with arrow keys. So, yeah, so it's um new um, menu and we can do menu folder, one a new one. folder. File upload, one to one. We, we can upload a, f- a file. Folder upload, one to one. We can upload a folder, but that's all your Google Drive stuff. But eventually you get to Google Docs submenu, one of one. And we have a submenu there, so I'll press enter. Enter, leaving menus, address and search Oop. bar edit, https colon slash slash docs.google.com slash document slash create us equals drive underline web and folder equals zero access get zt 7 9 pva and officer equals zero. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what it was reading there. But um, 
it said sub menu, but it didn't actually take us to a sub menu then, did it? It almost as though it opened a new page or was reading the address of a page that it was uploading yes. or that it was opening. Rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it actually created an untitled document. And what it does is it creates the document in a new um, tab. So if I switch back. New button menu, press space to activate the menu, then navigate with arrow keys. That's my drive. Actually, I could probably do insert T here, couldn't I? Maybe? Title is my drive dash Google Drive dash yeah. Google Chrome. And then if I switch to the new tab. Frame read only. Okay, it says something weird, but um, if I did insert T. Title is Untitled Document Dash Google Docs Dash Google Chrome. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I had to read the title really to get it to speak. But um, I can now type. Um, there are there are no edit boxes. Uh-huh. Now, what did I do then? What did I do wrong? This is what we were talking about last time, Stuart. Do you remember? With the with the insert and Z, the virtual cursor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So insert Z. In virtual PC cursor off. Okay. So, so I switched that off. So now those JAWS quick keys are disabled. Yeah. Okay. Temporarily. Temporarily. Yeah. 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 So I can say. F E E R. Right. Space. I'll just type something. Exclaim. Okay, so I'll arrow back up like I would in a Word document. Merry Christmas, everyone. There we go. So that's what I just typed in a blank document. Um, I should point out here also that I had to switch off the virtual cursor in JAWS, but also when you first go into Google Docs, you have to switch on screen reader support, which is Control-Alt-Z. So Control-Alt-Z will switch on Google Docs screen reader support. Um, I think it gives you an extra menu, and but it, you only have to do that once for um, for your Google account. Okay, it's pretty good. So you, so you don't have to do that all the time. You just Control-Alt-Z and you're done. Yeah, exactly. And I actually, when I went into Google Docs, I was just testing this with JAWS earlier, and um, it actually told me that google Docs screen reader support was switched on pretty good um but it didn't tell me again so maybe it doesn't want to tell me every day maybe it'll tell me tomorrow <laughs> if i log into this and, and google has a and i know maybe not for this document because we haven't sort of given it a name yet but google has a feature hasn't it i was um we were involved in a um a transnational international project a couple of weeks ago and i was sent a document from a google she- uh, google drive a google sheet an excel document to put something into uh-huh. and i put yeah. it in and this little kind of a i suppose a jaws voice i guess it was a little tooltip said your document is automatically saved and I was just able to close the browser and I sent an email back to the person to say, as far as I know, I've done what I was supposed to do. And she said, yeah, it's in the document. I thought that was pretty great, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, you, you don't actually do control S to save at all in Google Docs. It just saves as you go along, um, which is kind of a bit disconcerting, really, when you're used to doing like I'm used to pressing control S. And um, every time I stop typing to think about what I'm going to type next, you know, what I mean, <laughs> yeah, and I would be as well. And I suppose that's just from force of habit for years and of, yeah. of thinking, I do not want to lose this information. So every moment you're pressing control S and I suppose it's something that you would have. I, I know I've heard you say it many times during computer lessons to people press save regularly. So it, yeah. it, it, it's a mindset, really. 
It is, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't have to in this. So, um, <laughs> but then how do I name the document? Because usually mm. you'd be saving the document for the first time um, and naming it. And basically, I go to the file menu and the shortcut for the file menu is Alt-F. So, Alt-F. Alt-F, menu, file, one of ten. To move through items, press up or down arrow. So, these are menus within Google Docs. So, it does really feel like you're in a word processor, you know, because you can go into the menus. Um, and a file menu, Alt-F, that's that's the same as Word, you know. Um so and I and I think if you didn't have the screen reader stuff switched on, that that probably wouldn't work. That Alt F. So um, now I'm going to go down this menu. Share dot 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 s new end open dot 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 o control plus o two of six rename dot 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 r three of six. And there we have rename. So I can press enter, enter on that. Viewing menus, rename edit. Merry Christmas, everyone. Type a text located in my drive Google Drive folder. Okay, and wow. it wants to call it Merry Christmas, everyone, which is very similar to uh, Word, isn't it? Mm, because it's taking the first, the first. few words, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe I will, maybe, and I'll just press enter on that then. Enter, frame read only, read only about colon blank. It says some weird stuff, but <laughs> it's um, hopefully taken that and... Merry Christmas, everyone. And I can still arrow through my document there. Have you noticed similar behaviors with Google Docs, whether it's JAWS and NVDA? I know you've used Chrome for a long time, and I'm pretty much switched to Chrome as well now for certainly 90% of my web browsing. But is there is it much of a muchness um, in terms of the experience? With NVDA? Yeah compared to JAWS, mm. well, actually, you, you've caught me there because I haven't actually tried it with NVDA. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I was just curious because I know you do use NVDA sometimes. So, be interesting. Oh, I do, yes. Yeah. And I meant to I meant to try it, actually. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I've been using JAWS a lot lately because yeah. I have a class with JAWS users. So, sure. yeah. But it's interesting because, again, Eric, going back to Eric Damery's piece back in August, he was talking about mm -hmm. Google Chrome and he was talking about so things like Google Docs and Office 365 and that they were doing a lot of work to kind of make sure all these things work together. And it sounds like they have been because generally, mm. you know, from what we heard there, the experience was really good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is pretty good. And, I mean, I can show you, like, um, some of the... Um, menus you've got here like if i do alt f again alt -F, menu, file, one of ten. and then if i arrow to the right edit, two of ten. i've got an edit menu view, three of ten. a view menu insert, four of ten. insert gosh do you remember when you had an insert menu oh, yeah, in insert Word? menu my goodness they were the days of 2003 <laughs> i missed that insert menu um format, five of ten. format. now have a listen to this because this is great Bold B, Control plus B, one of six. Oh, wow. So you've got bold, Control B, and italic I, Control plus I, two of six. Control I for italic. Underline U, Control plus U, three of six. Etc. What you would expect. Yes. So um, a lot of the shortcuts are very similar, uh, and I can escape out of the escape, menus. And I'm back to my. Merry Christmas, everyone. Back to my um, to my document. Yeah. One of the big advantages to using something like this especially when there's a group of people is this idea of collaborating and so you and mm. i and maybe i don't know somebody else it, three people or four people working on a document and we're all accessing it 
at the same time and collaborating. Now, I don't know how feasible that is with a screen reader, but I do know cited colleagues who have done it. Um, have you done that, maybe not with a screen reader, but have you done it in general with Google? Um, I have. Yes, you can. You can make lots of different changes. Um, you can um, make comments as well. If someone is editing something, you can make comments and suggestions all at the same time, all online. And I've tried it a little bit with the screen reader and you can you can read comments. The There are shortcuts to do all of that. They're a little bit long winded, like you have to press for the next comment, it's something like Control Shift N and Control Shift C. And so you're kind of doing a lot of Control Shift and letters to to get through them. But um, yeah, it does seem to have a certain amount of accessibility. But then it would be, I think it would be quite confusing to have lots of people editing a document at the same time. Um, but that, I guess that's something maybe we, we should get used to for the future. <laughs> yeah, I, I, funny, I think the very same thing. And I suppose I, I was even thinking, um, regardless of whether you're using assistive technology or not, I would think it must be quite head-wrecking for a number of people. If everyone's doing their own thing and someone's deleting something that someone's just put in. It, it must, yeah. I don't, I don't know yeah. how you can do that in a coordinated <laughs> fashion, you know. I guess there's some, I guess amongst a group you could set some ground rules for these things. I don't know because I, yeah. don't, I haven't done yeah. it. So, But you're right. I think it is something that certainly within NCBI we're mo- working much more in a kind of a collaborative um, environment and everyone has Office 365 and, and it is kind of expected now that you, you, you mm. share documents instead of emailing a document mm. and and it's great but we're i i think we are getting to that point where people are going to start saying well let's just edit this together and you you do your bit and i do mine and we, we really haven't pushed those boundaries i think even without assistive technology yet so yeah yeah maybe it's, for next um, year sharon strange we were we were playing with it in a in a class um earlier in the year um trying it out with screen readers and stuff and um someone described it as like someone that like a ghost is changing in the document <laughs> so it is, it's a bit spooky yeah it's a little bit freaky. changing in front of you who's at my documents um okay so that's google docs we, we're going to we're going to do more on, on on google docs i know there's other things you probably yeah. want to show us and and bowls and, and yeah. the, the formatting stuff and spell checking and all other things that it does um but sharon for the moment i want to say thank you and not just for today and for the recipe of course but for 12 months of wonderful shortcuts and i think a lot of people the shortcuts piece is one of the highlights for the podcast and you're always with us so thank you so much for the very for the welcome. ongoing You're shortcuts and we're looking forward to lots more in 2018 okay and can i just remind people that um i always put the slot you very kindly give me the my my slot from every podcast and i always put it on my website in the pocket podcast section yep. so you can always go and listen back and get a list of the the shortcuts that are mentioned in the podcast for reference so feel free to go there and I have to say as well that uh, my, my colleague Rob and myself were chatting, I think, last week or the week before about the whole Sharon's Shortcuts and the brand and how it has caught on. And we were also commenting on the the Sharon's Shortcuts in Australia, who's a hairdresser. So let's give her a Christmas <laughs> shout out as well. Yes. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Sharon Shortcuts in Sydney. If you're in Sydney and you want to get your hair cut, go to Sharon Shortcuts. Absolutely. Uh, Okay, Sharon, have a wonderful Christmas and I look forward to talking to you in 2018. 
Hello everyone, my name is Miriam Kelly and I'm an IT trainer and technical support worker with NCBI in Dublin and I would like to wish all the podcast listeners a wonderful Christmas and a very happy new year with 2018 blessings and a happy new year to you as well Stuart and a wonderful Christmas and thank you for your wonderful podcast. Hello everyone this is JP Corkin here from NCBI Technical Specialist. I'd like to wish all podcast listeners a very happy Christmas and a very prosperous new year. Hello everyone, how are you doing? My name is Aaron. I'm a senior manager here at NCBI and I just want to wish all of the podcast listeners a very, very happy Christmas. Hello listeners, this is Kim Wolf, the new National Training Manager just wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Now you are listening to NCBI's technology podcast for December 2017. It's our Christmas edition. Apologies once again about the state of my voice. I am in the midst of uh, my pre-Christmas cold, but uh, we will continue regardless. And every year uh, in October, we always talk about new features in the latest version of iOS. It's one of my favorite times of the year in terms of this podcast. We have a panel of gurus around and we've been criticised, I think, quite rightly in the past for certainly focusing a lot of our discussions around screen reading and Braille displays. And we, ha- whilst we have mentioned low vision, we probably haven't given it the prominence that it deserves, considering that most people who uh, present as having a vision impairment have some degree of usable vision. So we heard from Tina Pollock, who's been on this podcast before, a friend of the podcast, and joins us on Skype. And Tina wants to talk about uh, the current, I suppose, uh, state of accessibility for people with low vision using iOS. Tina, welcome to the podcast and happy Christmas. Thanks, Stuart. Happy Christmas. Uh, great to have you because uh, when you emailed me and kind of said, I think at the beginning you were like, I'm not happy with what Apple have done, but I know since our emails I think a few things were rectified because there's been a couple of versions. Yeah. But, 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 <laughs> so everyone loved iOS and like some features, of, well not everyone, but the mo- most people and especially people in podcasts. And I like, I do like some features like the new was the control center that you can yeah. adjust? That's very cool. But I had real big problems with now. I have a replaced screen. That might be the reason. I don't know. But it actually froze regularly. I couldn't. It just froze. And when you try to switch the apps, it just wouldn't. Okay. Like, and then the speech stopped talking as well for some bizarre reason so so maybe let's before we we talk about the the, the different features how are you currently because you mentioned speech there are you using a a kind of a a combination of voiceover with zoom or do you just kind of magnify up the font yeah so for for low vision I think it's quite complicated and it depends on every you know preferences what what your vision is what you use it for what you want to use it for so I mean I'm legally blind so what I use is I do use voiceover mainly for reading texts like newspaper articles or even facebook posts i wouldn't but i kind of look at it just because i'm used to looking something and i could see i can see things moving like shapes and colors and i can see something happening but i couldn't read i wouldn't be able to read the text but what i do then is um I still look at it because I like seeing things move and I see different menus, but I can't really read them, but I kind of see where the focus is. And I also look at pictures. Like, I take just like, photographs. I don't know if they're any good, but I post them anyway. And some people like them. So, um, yeah, like, uh, take pictures. And also, I take pictures of things and then kind of magnify them or zoom them in or... 
Okay, yeah. okay. So, so, so what's the, because one thing that often struck me, the, the experience of using voiceover and Zoom together, because you have a, a, an additional, if I'm not mistaken, an additional set of gestures. Yeah. How, yeah. How, how does that work for someone with low vision who also needs um, speech? Yeah, I don't, they do work together, but it could be improved. I think it's more set up for using either or, but if you go to accessibility settings, it has voiceover. It also has Zoom. And you can, I think, like, voiceover works really well. Zoom is kind of, it's not that well developed, I think. Gestures are a bit awkward. It's like three fingers and double tap, and you have to drag three fingers. And what I find sometimes when I don't want to Zoom, so there's, like, a gesture where you can three-finger double tap and then kind of squeeze it or pinch it in and out, making it bigger and smaller. And sometimes when you do another gesture, it will just randomly turn to zoom on or that can be a problem yeah one thing somebody told me before and i was talking to someone with low vision and i was saying to him why aren't you using zoom because he was using voiceover and his vision was relatively okay and he said because the screen of my phone is is not very big and i have to put so many fingers on the phone to get the zoom to work it's actually more efficient to use voiceover definitely yeah no definitely like i have the big iphone 6 plus and I, I'd always go for the bigger ones if you have some kind of vision, even for looking at pictures and for using it as a magnifier. But yeah, it actually is much quicker. But it's the same uh, when you're having JAWS or Zoom text. It is quicker to just use um, like the speech and say keyboard where you can't, don't have a keyboard. But it is definitely quicker because I'm. it's so big that only like a tiny, maybe one word or two would actually fit on the screen. So you have to move the focus, you have to adjust the magnification, and then you have to like almost read, especially people, let's say, who have tunnel vision, you'd have to read almost every letter separately. That'd take you forever to to read the text. It's not really practical. It'll take you forever, and you hold it really close to your face, and you're... Yeah, you try not to. Like, I only look at things if I have to. So I would rather always use the speech. It, it kind of reminds me of that, that age-old discussion, and, and people have talked about it for years. When do you, and for somebody with low vision, maybe with deteriorating vision, it can be particularly difficult. When do you sort of, you know, psychologically make that switch to say, actually, I'm going to be more efficient if I use speech? And it can be, I think, very difficult for people. But it sounds like what you're doing it works really well for you because you have your photographs, you can do that kind of stuff, but you're not relying on your your, your vision to, to read long chunks of text. Yeah, it, like it say some apps or whatever, if something's not accessible, I can try to do a magnification and if I really want to use it, but then often I just decide, oh, the app isn't worth it, it doesn't really work. So, But uh, even when, like, you know, when you, would, you don't want the speech, or you, you, it's kind of quiet and you just want to look at short text quickly I could read it kind of quick without speech sometimes depends on the occasion what you're using it for but like I don't know about other people but then I, I really get a headache and I get real tired if I read too much of it so yeah so have your frustrate have your frustrations rather been eased because when you got in touch with us initially ios 11 was not long out and there were and you weren't the first person to say to me there were some issues for people with low vision i understand some of those have rectified a little for you 
Um, yeah, definitely. Like, it got to that stage where you actually had to decide, do you want to use voiceover or Zoom? So I had to turn the Zoom back off. But then sometimes I wanted it, or even to look at the spelling or something. So, um, yeah, like I think since 11.2, it works again. It doesn't crash anymore. So it's fine. But um, they created, talk a bit about the, the, the features, to have this thing called Invert. Which is, is I know people who are not vision impaired actually use it because it's nice on your eyes. But it's it's black background and then you have white writing on it. It's supposed to most healthiest contrast for your eyes and it's got a night time. And they had it before, but um, it inverted the pictures, so they looked rather silly. So um, they did fix it. But it's called Smart Zoom or Smart, no, Smart Invert. But it's not in, I always get confused about it. It's not in the Zoom settings. It's in the screen accommodate or display accommodation settings also in general. And there are two different types of inverts. One is normal and one is smart. And the normal one is in, is in filters and Zoom. It's really, really confusing. But you have to use the smart one so that it doesn't invert pictures and you have to turn every other they're called color filters you have to turn them all off or it won't work it's very confusing and it still inverts some pictures let's say if you have a facebook article in like a newspaper article it would still invert them but it wouldn't invert if i posted a picture now it's it's not perfect but it's getting better, and at the start of iOS 11, it slowed the phone down, so I turned it back off, I turned it on, I think yesterday, just tried it out again, and now it works, so it's an option. I know there's another feature in iOS, it's been around for a couple of versions, I know some people with low vision really like it, indeed some people using speech like it as well, it's called Speak Screen, and what it does is it will read a lengthy portion of text, you don't have to have voiceover on, you can enable Speak Screen, but you can lock the phone, and, and it will continue speaking, whereas with voiceover, if you do that continuous read and lock the phone, it's going to stop. So yeah, like I speak find that really annoying with Kindle or something. It's Yeah, you have to turn on the screen curtain or something if you wanted to. Yeah, that's, that's a handy feature as well. So, speak screen's a good one. So, I suppose just for people who might be, and Christmas is a time when people might get new smartphones, if they're toying with this idea of speech, low vision, and you've kind of given us a good tip already, if you're getting a phone and you've low vision, it sounds like the plus versions are the ones to go for. Definitely, yeah. And then sometimes, because it's so individual, just like try out the different settings and just remember what you did so you can turn it back off. I mean, there's... There's actually a lot of stuff you can adjust in display. That's not even uh, accessibility. It's just a normal display setting. There's a type of zoom as well. I don't really like that because then the screen gets really crowded and really small. You have to move it around. There's features for bold text and for larger text. The problem is that then if it gets too big, then it doesn't really fit on the screen. So I think you better off with the zoom instead of making the element the whatever buttons or whatever instead of making them bigger just use zoom Uh, but there's there's also for people who are colorblind there's color filters there's grayscale and they don't really 
I don't really understand them because I'm not colorblind. I think yeah. you have to have. But there is a, there is try a, them. Yeah, and there is an awful lot in there, as you say, and, and they're not all in the accessibility. They're not all in the zoom settings. Some of them are in the display settings. Uh, but and and also, I think it's worth making the point, and you've kind of said it already. Low vision is such a huge area. You know, it's not like screen reading where you can kind of say this feature and it does this and it's great for blind users. With low vision, you really do have to sort of take these devices and play with them and and get things exactly as you like it um so i I suppose tina from from your perspective uh ios works well for you if if your low vision features tomorrow were disabled were just turned off for whatever reason and you were just left with voiceover would that be very alien for you because you probably rely on a few bits no it wouldn't um i actually only started using it recently like maybe a year ago i i used and use it i kind of I don't know, found it by accident or something. I was just turned it on to see what happens and I didn't like it and it takes a while getting used to because the gestures are quite awkward. They're like three finger double tap. Um they're a bit awkward. I suppose there was nothing else left, so they took them. No, I wouldn't, but sometimes it's handy. You know, someone sends me a picture and I can zoom it in and look at it. But it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the end of the world, but it's it's great. There used to be these apps you could use as magnifiers. But they're still around, I suppose. What they do is they, they have a camera and you can you have a slider and make the zoom bigger and then you can turn on the flash to turn on the light. But instead of taking a... Well, you could take pictures, but you magnify... Like a like like one of the uh, lit-up magnifiers. And there used to be all these apps. Some were good, some were not. Um, but now you don't even need the app because it's called Magnifier and it's in uh, the accessibility settings as well. And you can put that on the home button as a triple click for the where you where you get voiceover. You can have that as an accessibility function as well. And I have both. It actually works. You can have two settings on the home button uh, click. Oh, wow, I, I, never, then, I, I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. it opens menu though. You get a menu. I get you. Know, you instead and of you turning voiceover on and okay. off immediately, it opens a menu with the two options, either voiceover, and then you can turn a voiceover on and off, or magnifier. And that's, yeah, you can magnify things. It's not as good as a proper, like, real expensive magnifier, because the problem is you need to find out, you need to hold it straight over whatever you're magnifying, and it needs to be in a certain angle, otherwise it gets all blurry. But uh, it's it's not bad, so... That's another really Uh, cool feature. Sounds great. Loads of of great uh, magnification tips there. If you're a low vision user and you're using an iPhone or indeed another smartphone, tell us, uh, let us know how you're using a technology podcast at ncbi.ie or our comment line on 018821930. Tina, thank you so much for talking to us. Have a great Christmas and hope to chat to you soon. Thanks. This is Amy Hines Fitzpatrick. I'm NCBI's Corporate Engagement Executive and I want to thank absolutely everyone for all their support this year. I wish you a very Merry Christmas and a prosperous New Year. Hello, my name is Sally McAllistrom. I work in communications. So really, it's, it just remains for me to wish you all a very, very happy Christmas. Nolly Conagalair and wishing you a wonderful 2018 with joy, happiness, peace 
and health. Hi, my name is Roisin Maxwell. I'm the Communications Executive here in the NCBI. Happy Christmas to everyone. Have a great New Year. Hello everyone out there. This is Paul from NCBI Technical Support. Just wanted to wish you all a very happy Christmas and an even happier and brighter New Year. Stay well, okay? Oh, thank you very much to all my colleagues there. What wonderful Christmas messages, two lovely packages that I was delighted to be able to record with uh, so many of the great team that are in NCBI. They were done at very short notice. People were nabbed and, and, and bugged and hassled. So thank you very much to Miriam, JP, Aaron, Kim, Amy, Sally, Roisin and Paul. Much appreciated, guys, and thank you for your participation. Now, you are listening to NCBI's Technology Podcast for December 2017. It's our Christmas edition, and I hope you're enjoying it. And thank you to everybody who's been sending us in emails. We didn't get through... um, any emails either this month or last month, but I will be looking at emails and one or two phone messages that came in uh, in January uh, on our 2018 edition. A reminder, if you want to get in touch with us, it's technologypodcast at ncbi.ie or you can ring our comment line, which is on 018821930. Now, it's just about time to go. Thankfully, my voice has just about held up and apologies. Uh, the one week we, we go to record and I get a cold, so um, I hope it didn't distract uh, from your listening or enjoying of the podcast too much. Um, It's just about time to go and it's time to say thank you as we always do to people. You know, this podcast has been for me a great experience. It continues to be a great experience, I suppose. And I thoroughly enjoy bringing it to you. So thank you to all our listeners, to all our contributors during the year. And of course, this month, uh, thank you to Sharon Lyons, uh, Hector Minto and Tina Pollock and all my colleagues who contributed to our Christmas packages earlier on uh, this month. NCBI Technology Podcast is for me just a a, a huge part of my life and something that I thoroughly enjoy producing but there'd be no point in doing it if you as listeners didn't feed back and get involved so thank you for all that you do we're back in January so join us for another great year of technology podcasts I'm certainly looking forward to what's going to happen and the beauty with technology is that you just never know do you Uh, until then have an absolutely great uh, break have a very happy peaceful and safe Christmas and all the very best for the year ahead. I look forward to being with you in 2018. From Stuart Lawler, take care and bye-bye.